Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. I am so excited about the Biblical New Year, also known as Rosh Hashanah. For those of us who have never heard of this before, I want you to know that all the dates in the Bible are corresponding and connecting to dates with destiny. And one of the most powerful dates with destiny is Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah has so many biblical meanings. There are so many personal, powerful, prophetic, relevant applications and impartations that Rosh Hashanah has available for you and for me. The first and foremost powerful prophetic parallel of Rosh Hashanah in the Bible is that it is a memorial. The Bible says in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 24, in the seventh month, in the first day of the month, you will have a Shabbat, a memorial, a blowing of the trumpets. Now I want you to understand, it's not just some celebration of people singing, dancing, and blowing trumpets. It's so much more. I want you to understand that the memorial is a memorial that has been made in heaven by a certain act that God promised that he would remember when the sound of the shofar was sounded. And that particular act was the day that the ram's horn was caught in the thicket, in the day when Abraham was tested before God. Let me explain it to you so you will see what God has for you on Rosh Hashanah. It's personal, powerful, prophetic, and relevant, and given to us through Christ. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, If you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. What does that mean, heirs according to the promise? It means when we understand Abraham, Abraham as one of the avot or founders of the land of Israel. I want you to know that every testing he went through in his life, his reward for that testing was laid up for his descendants. And the Bible tells us because of Christ, we are Abraham's seed. That means every benefit, every promise that God has given Abraham, remember Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon all those who receive the promise of faith through the Spirit of God. So this means, beloved saints, that every single promise that God gave to Abraham by faith through the Spirit of God is yours and mine. And in particular, there are many of you in a battle right now. You're saying, God, I need the victory. I'm up against principalities. I'm up against powers. I've got a word for you. During Rosh Hashanah, when that shofar sounds, and God always remembers us, but there is a special remembrance that God promised to Abraham. And he said, 
Your seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. That means when the shofar sounds on Rosh Hashanah, because it is a memorial, that God is saying, when you go out to war, no matter what that war is, whether it's a literal war, but most of us are engaged in spiritual warfare. You are engaged against principalities and powers that want to destroy your destiny. Rosh Hashanah is the time that God remembers the promise that he made to Abraham. He never forgot it, but it's reactivated. That means it's as if he just spoke it. That means it's as real, it's as active, it's as powerful as the very moment when the Akita, the binding of Isaac, took place. Now, I want you to understand, Abraham saw off into the future. The Bible says he saw the place afar off. And you know why it is so important on this powerful Rosh Hashanah. Remember, Genesis 22 is a Rosh Hashanah event. I want you to understand why it's so powerful. Because the Bible tells us it was on the third day that he saw the place afar off. The Bible says that also he laid the wood to his son's back. That word wood, which is the word eighths in Hebrew, means that he also, the word eighths and the word tree are both the same word in Hebrew. So he laid the wood on his son's back and he saw the place afar off. A type and a shadow of what would happen in the future on Calvary's hill. So that you and I will understand when we say the Lord, our provider, isn't just only that he's going to provide everything we need in this life, but most importantly, God provided a savior. God provided a bondage breaker. God provided a Messiah. God provided for us his precious son to die in our place. So when that shofar sounds, that ram that was caught in the thicket, Abraham offered it in the place of his son. This Rosh Hashanah, I want you to know that it's your destiny to take possession over the oppression of the wicked one. You are going to win every battle. You are going to be triumphant. Your enemies are going to be under your feet. Now let's go live to the service. Let's get ready to see the powerful promises of God and how we possess those promises through Christ Jesus. One of its name, the tent of the meeting. Oh, hallelujah. The tent of the meeting. Say, when I meet, God is there. When we meet together, God is there. So he's going to meet with his whole body, and he's also going to meet with you individually. Hallelujah. Individual watching. Now, this tent of the meeting, if you translate it from Hebrew to English, the tent, ohel, ha-moed, meeting. It's the very same word as feast, moed. It's the very same word as season, moed. 
So what's the mystery here? What's the secret of this Hebrew word? Why is the feast called Moed? And why is visitation or meeting with God called Moed? And why is season called Moed? Because God's about to shift your season during the biblical feast. And God wants you to know it's a time he meets with you. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say, I have a date with destiny. What's this whole thing about blowing of the trumpets for me? Does this mean God's going to give you a concert? No, just a little bit, not quite. Does this mean where everybody's going to dance because it's Rosh Hashanah? Well, in some cases, yes. And certainly in our Messianic celebration, we're going to have all kinds of celebration and everyone's going to be rejoicing. But we also need to know that that is actually not what the, the blowing of the trumpets actually is. You see, the Bible tells us, notice, the Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, so is, so are our sins, so does the Lord remove our sins from us. As a father pities his children, now watch this, so does the Lord pity them that fear him. What's this about fear of God? I want you to understand in Rosh Hashanah, this is something extremely important. Why? Because on one of the primary Rosh Hashanahs of the Bible, there was a test and it was given to Abraham. And God said, Abraham, Abraham. He just said his name once actually, Abraham. And Abraham responded, here am I. I want you to know that God wasn't looking for him. God knew exactly where he was. But when God called his name, he responded appropriately. What is that appropriate response? Hanini, meaning I'm ready. Not just here I am. But in Hebrew, we must understand that Hanini means I'm ready to do whatever you ask. Before you ask me, whatever you ask me to do, I'm already in position to do what you tell me to do. God didn't have to tell him first, take your son, your only son who you love, Isaac, and sacrifice him there on one of the mountains I will tell you of. God didn't have to tell him that first before he said Hanini. He said Hanini before God told him what to do. I hope you understand this. And the Bible tells us as we look at what is called the Akita, the binding of Isaac, when the angel came out of heaven in verse 11, the angel said Abraham and he said Hanini again. And he said, do not slay your son. For now I know you fear God. What is this concept of fearing God? Did you know that on Rosh Hashanah there is a book called the Book of Remembrance? And the Bible tells us in Malachi chapter 3 that if we look at verse 16, the Bible tells us then there was a book of remembrance. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to give God praise. The Bible says, then they that 
feared the Lord, spoke often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and thought on his name. So that means Abraham gets a reward. He doesn't just go through the test, but he gets a reward, a monumental reward. And because Abraham is the forefather of the formation, he is the forefather of the nation of Israel, along with the other Avot, along with Isaac and Jacob. Don't get them mixed up with David. Don't get them mixed up with Solomon. There are only three Avot. And Paul is very strong about that as well. Notice, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 11 that they are elect for the Avot's sake, for the Father's sake. Beloved for the Father's sake. So the fathers had laid up for them inheritance. But their inheritance was not for them. It was for their seed. How many of you think that's a good idea? The forefathers went through testings so that uh, Israel could be the recipients of their blessings. And now the Bible tells us Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Somebody ought to say, I'm a recipient of the blessing for the seed of Abraham. And the Bible says, hallelujah, in Galatians 3.29, if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So somebody ought to tell their neighbor, I'm getting my blessing that was laid up, hallelujah, for me. All right, so what is this blessing? Okay, the Lord said, he swore. He said, I swear, God's made an oath to swear. In verse 16 of Genesis 22, saying that in blessing I will bless you and in multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven and the sand of the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gates of their enemies. Say, I'm ready to possess the gates of my enemies. Say it again, I'm ready to possess the gates of my enemies. Hallelujah, somebody ought to shout it. Now let me just tell you, how do we know that was Rosh Hashanah? All right, we know that was Rosh Hashanah because the Bible tells us in verse 13 of Genesis chapter 22, that there was a ram. Let's look at this and see the ram caught by its horn in a thicket. Say it with me. The ram's horn. The sound of the shofar. That whenever God hears it, he activates the promise that he made to Abraham. That his seed, that's me. <clears throat> that's me. That his seed shall possess the gates of their enemies. Somebody should get ready to shout. Notice what the Bible is saying here in verse 13. 
Glory to God. The Bible says, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him, a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Why does the Bible have to go into documented detail that it was caught by a thicket? Caught in a thicket by its horns. See, one of the ways we understand prophetically what the scripture is teaching us is we look for details. Say this with me, Holy Ghost. Teach me how to find details in the word of God. So it's not, only, uh, it's not always what the Bible says. It sometimes includes what should be there. Even when there's an irregularity in the grammar, even when there's a, a missing word, even when there's a substitute word, you're saying, why is this word not here? Why should, shouldn't there be another word? Why is it used this way? You see, details mean everything. And so the Bible doesn't need to tell us that there's a ram caught in the bush by its horns. It could just say, Abraham, behold, there was a ram, and Abraham sacrificed it. Why does the Bible have to go into documented details to tell us it was caught by its horns in the bush? Because God wants the emphasis on the ram's horn. Hello, somebody, the ram's horn. And God wants you to know that when Rosh Hashanah comes, Hallelujah, when that shofar sounds, there's a blood-bought blessing because of Yeshua HaMashiach. Hallelujah, there's a blood-bought blessing that's going to come your way on Rosh Hashanah that you will take possession over the oppression of the wicked one and somebody ought to shout. Thank you for joining us today. And I am so excited that we are going to share the biblical feast together. You know, beloved saints, we're not talking about dead history. We're not talking about something that is not alive. We are talking about the promises that God gave to each and every one of us. The Bible tells us that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. That was a promise given in Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. And if you are Christ's, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, Galatians 3, 29. The Bible tells us that the scripture tells us that we might be partakers with Israel in the possession of promises found in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. So I want you to know, beloved saints, that all of the promises that God gave to his precious nation of Israel, we do not replace Israel. But through Christ, they become ours. And those particular promises that God has given to Abraham's seed are our promises because God promised you will be the father of many nations. And the blessed seed comes from Isaac all the way to Christ. And if we are Christ's, then we are recipients of those promises. Beloved saints, the day of remembrance, Rosh Hashanah, the Yom HaTeruah, the Yom HaZikaron, the day of remembrance is upon us, the biblical new year. And how do we prepare for it? How do we get ready for the new year? The world gets ready for the new year with carousing and doing all kinds, a riotous living or celebrating in the natural, doing whatever it is, turning over a new leaf in the natural realm. But the Bible teaches us differently. We prepare for the new year through shuva, through tshuva, through repentance. That means we want to return. We want to shuv. We want to go back 
And that word shuv for repentance or return means that we're going back to the original place, but it also means that we get back what God originally planned for us. You see, shuv not only involves returning in the sense of repentance and being completely sorry for what we did that we might have done against God's will in the previous year, or where we missed the mark, or where perhaps we did not walk with God in the way that he called us to walk. But when we shuv, when we go back, to that place, to that original point. It not only means we're returning back to the original call that God gave us, to the original plans that God has for us, but it also means everything God had prepared for you and me that we might have lost through an inappropriate decision or through some mistake, he will turn that mistake into a miracle. Because to shuv means to restore. To shuv means to return. To shuv means to restore back to the original point. And God wants you and I to shuv. So we ought to do ourselves a favor. Repent and shuv. Get ready for the new year. There's nothing that is in condemnation about shuving. It just means that I'm going to get delivered. It just means that if I've had some anger issues, I need to be in truth about it. It means that I'm not about to mess up my miracle or allow my destiny to be robbed because I had some anger issues. It means that if I'm not reconciled with my brother, as Jesus told me to do, it's much better. How can we stand here and just praise God and shout the victory when we're not in unity with one another, when there is some type of shalom that has been interfered with? The Lord wants us to be at shalom with everyone so that we might receive the fullness of the blessings that he has for us in this year coming up, this new biblical year. I don't know about you, but I've come too far to be denied destiny now. And I don't want one thing to block the blessing or stop the path. That's why we need to get rid of strife. We need to say, God, I just don't want strife in my life because what you prepared for me is so important. I'm not gonna allow any spirit, any stronghold, anything in my life that is not compatible with the presence of God to interfere with the anointing on my life. Let us pray, beloved, because I'm so excited about your new year blessing. I am so excited about God remembering us. And I want you to know something, he doesn't forget us, he doesn't have amnesia, but there is something about the way you have served God in the former year. There is something about those of you that have been going through trial and test that it's time for God's best. Let me give you one last example of one of the greatest Rosh Hashanah miracles in the Bible. That is Joseph coming up out of the pit into the palace. It happened on Rosh Hashanah. You say, how does that possibly affect me because what God did then, God will do again. You see, these are miraculous memorials. These are living experiences. This means when these days come up, God reactivates the power. God reactivates the anointing. God reactivates what he promised. And that means that as we prepare for all of the blessings that he has for us in the new biblical year, one of them, is those of you that feel like you've been in a pit. Those of you who say, God, I've been through all these years of testing. 
Do you realize Joseph was 13 years of being tested? But the Bible says in Genesis chapter 41, verse 1, it came to pass at the end of two full years. I want you to see, first of all, it came to pass. I want you to claim that promise. It is going to come to pass in your life this year. It is a it shall come to pass year. Don't think that the God that you serve has forgotten you. It shall come to pass. Lay hold on his word and claim it. This is an it shall come to pass year. Secondly, notice it says in Genesis 41 verse 1, and it came to pass at the end of. Did you know some things are about to end? One of the Rosh Hashanah blessings is that there is going to be an expiration to your tribulation. God's got a promise for you. He has not forgotten you. This is going to be your year. Notice it says it came to pass at the end of two full years from Rosh Hashanah to LL 29, from Rosh Hashanah to Elul 29, meaning the day Pharaoh dreamed was Rosh Hashanah. And that means when he called an app in the morning when he awoke and needed an interpreter to interpret his dream, the butler says, I remember my faults this day. Why is the text telling us that the butler remembered his faults? Because Rosh Hashanah is a day of remembrance. I don't want you to miss your miraculous moment with destiny. Say this prayer with me. But first of all, if you have never made Yeshua HaMashiach your Messiah, or if you have never accepted Christ into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior, and you want to be born again, you can say this prayer with me. Wonderful Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, cleanse me of sin, wash me clean, I love you with all my heart. I'm asking you, Father God, that you would inscribe my name in the book of life today, that today would be the beginning of days for me, that I would become born again. And for everyone, Father God, that is watching this telecast today, I pray in Jesus' mighty name that they would have the most wonderful, wonderful new year because all the dates in the Bible are these dates. They're biblical dates from the biblical calendar, not from the secular one. So we want to live in a supernatural segment of time, not a secular segment of time. We want God to move on our behalf. We want to move into the miraculous. We want to stay in sync with scripture. We want everything scripture is promising us day by day. In Jesus' name, and we pray blessings of the new year upon you. Amen and amen. Now, let's go to our announcer, and he is going to tell you how you can become part of our family, our Hesed missionaries that go all over the world, bringing God's love to the poorest of the poor. Thank you for joining us on our telecast today. We want you to know that your love is greatly appreciated. We'd like to invite you to take this opportunity to donate to our Hesed Global Missions. Let the love of Jesus shine on you today. 
You can help our feeding programs in Masaka, Uganda, and Kampala, Uganda, help educate children in India. We are raising up Christians who have been violated of their human rights in Pakistan through the Dr. Michelle Corral Sewing School. There are so many initiatives that need your seed. Become a part of HESED Worldwide Global Initiatives today. Text HESED to 77977 or visit our website, breathofthespirit.org, and click Donate to donate via PayPal. Thank you on behalf of the thousands that are helped every day by this ministry. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast. 